Greetings, true believers, and welcome to the No Responsibility Podcast. I am always Andrew J, joined by Tycho Sean. Hey, everybody. And Suji. Yo, what's going on? And we are finally recording after, you know, we have gotten to play a healthy amount of the game. And so that's largely what we want to discuss today. It uh, happened. Uh, it yeah. happened. Um, we also want to talk a little bit about the Wrecking Crew announcement and a couple other fun little topics. Um, but before we get started, I have two quick little retcons. I've been called out by a couple of our fans for uh making a mistake in our last episode which i noticed immediately but here we are what uh i may have claimed and you two corroborated with me so we're all oh oh wow welcome to bus mechanics school (laughs) i have no recollection (laughs) i just play games man i wrongly identified that miss marvel was an avenger when in reality uh she does not have that trait title whatever the phrase is that this game uses but is a naturality a champion in human uh i kind of thought that the first wave was just gonna stick to avengers because of avengers assemble i'm fully aware that she's front and center on the honorary avengers card um, <laughs> with her hand raised right um which we covered so that uh that's on me um i guess it's on the three of us now haha but uh, <laughs> just wanted to be transparent. You know, I realized after we recorded, I thought about making a post. But, you know, I was like, you know, I made a segment for this. We haven't retconned in a while. Uh, so, yeah, you know, my bad. And also the other mistake I made, and we'll get to it a little more once we're talking more about Wrecking Crew. But uh, I kept bringing up the character Absorbing Man, really convinced that he was a Wrecking Crew character because he had the ball and chain thing going on, but that is a different character. And I apparently have always conflated the two. Or maybe I read one where they teamed up and I just assumed they were on the same team. I'm also guilty of this. I thought that that was one of the characters in the group as well. Um, So sorry to all our fans who think that we're like perfect Marvel experts, because we're not. We love it, but we don't know. There's too much to know. No, alternate universe. There's yeah. alternate universe. Well, oh, tough. Yeah. Didn't happen. There, there probably is going to be a, t- a, a storyline where Absorbing Man joins the Wrecking Crew, but uh, it hasn't or, happened yet. The, or it was an alternate dimension and versions of us who recorded that podcast. In an alternate dimension where it's true. You never or know. The, where Miles Morales was in the corset. Yeah, well, oh, you had to go there. Why? <laughs> why Why you do this? Why? <laughs> I want to live in that alternate universe. I'm literally wiping tears from my eyes right now. <laughs> okay, so those were the two things that we had to straighten out? Yeah. Okay, that's not too bad. But Miles, I need him in my life. Well, just... he's on the Avengers uh, the honorary Avenger card. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, I that, really hope. Well. I hope that's like a hint. Like we are going to get alternate Spider Universe characters, including Miles Morales. That would just be so cool to have like Peter and Miles on the same team, like fighting up against oh, you know, like a Venom or some kind of terrible, terrible world crisis. It, it's been announced they're going to do Spider Verse two, and he's I really, saw that. really popular right now. So why wouldn't they want? To put him in the game um 
So we're all well, we're know, all rooting for that. You never know. I mean, like Disney Plus is really popular and they're going to be doing all those TV shows with Marvel characters. So that could have a precedence potentially. Yeah, we can all uh, get a better idea of the release schedule if they announce Moon Knight as the next character. Because <laughs> <laughs> of all the characters that they've announced for Disney Plus TV show, we have most of them. We have She-Hulk. We have Miss Marvel. <laughs> Yeah, it's smart, actually. I think it's good. And yeah, it's interesting. If It could potentially be some kind of a, a roadmap. We don't know, but, you know, it could, could be. All right. So now all three of us have gotten to play a healthy amount of the game, and we can actually step out of our, you know, speculation worlds. Or even, you know, like, Sudi got to play a handful of times, and, like, I played a smidge right before our last uh, recording, but now I've gotten, like... I'd say like 20 rounds under my belt, Ooh, roughly. Spicy. How about you guys? Yeah, with, with solo, definitely around 20. What about you, Sig? I actually haven't done any solo yet. I'm waiting for the holidays when I'm going to have a little bit more time and potentially be able to show people how to play it. Um, and then once I'm done teaching, I'll probably just play around. But I, I played a bunch during uh, release weekend up here at Team Covenant, like at minimum, like five, ten games. And then I've got a couple after that. But um, it has been a busy month with, you know, Keyforge and Pokemon and Call of Duty and Board Game Geek. Like, there's just all these things happening, like, every week in November. So uh, my gameplay is not as high as I'd like. But once we get past the holidays, it's going to go way up, especially with, like, Goblin potentially around the corner and then Cap in December. Um, it's I'm really excited for all these new things coming out. And I met a lot of people playing the game, which I thought was really cool. It, it kind of goes back to... The thing that made me excited, I was talking about that that social aspect, like every game I played other than the first one, I met new people and now I see them at the game shop. and I'm like, oh, hey, and they're like, oh, hey, and like I've made new friends and we play other games together and, you know, we'll still talk about playing champions, you know, when we have some more time in our schedule. But like I've enjoyed the game and the things that have been produced from playing the game very much. Yeah, the game's been pretty incredible so far even like a lot of things to consider like as a base set it's a pretty exciting game sometimes you know new games like can't really get to the term a lot of people like to use is crunchy or difficult off the bat and you know usually kind of wean you in in this game if you want to have like a more difficult experience you know you can jump to expert mode or like i've been having a lot of fun playing with the modules and creating some really crazy scenarios to try and mix it up that aren't just, you know, like expert Ultron by himself is already uh, <sighs> a feat. Oh my but, gosh. Uh, Have you guys beaten that? I haven't even attempted it yet. Uh, I've taken roughly, I think eight shots at him and beaten him one time. Oh, at, at extreme at expert at expert with just uh, his standard under attack. Okay, you, you're better than I am. I can't get expert down at four players. It's so hard. It's something I want to go into. Um, but for now, uh, what uh, just like what what surprised you guys about the game? What what stood out the most from now actually playing it? Like from you know speculation and you know anticipation to actually playing the game. You want to go first? Sure. Um, one of the coolest moments uh, that surprised me when we started playing was uh, we played with our friend Mike uh, Lynch and 
his first character combination that he busted out, he's like, I want to be protection Iron Man. And Ooh. in the back of my mind, you know, we aren't here to say like how not to play the game, but I will admit that was the one that I was like, I don't think you can really get very far with that combo. And it's not like we jumped straight to expert Ultron and beat him, you know, but he actually made some plays and used Tony's like insanely high stock health once you get all your upgrades on to tank some hits and uh, you know drop med teams and stuff with his pepper pots resource generation and he played a very impactful you know uh, protection character even though you know like some cards like counterpunch don't really do much on Tony but uh, it wasn't you know it wasn't as bad as I thought it would probably come together and actually the combination that feels actually bad to me that surprised me was protection Panther, which is weird to me because he's the starter suggestion build up uh, for the character, but he's so resource flush and you have nothing to spend those resources on. And there's so many hands that you get with him where you're just over overpaying for things, which feels really bad. And I was shocked at like, that was the only deck that I played, and I said, like, wow, I do not want to uh, do this combo again until we get some more cards. Which, already seeing, and, like, this is what I think is great for the first two releases, is, like, you know, right now as you're playing leadership, you can draw your buffs and abilities without seeing an ally first couple turns, which is frustrating, and Cap is coming with more leadership guys, so you'll be able to have more guys more likely to draw them and get started. And then as we've already seen in the Miss Marvel pack, you know, we have cards like tackle and energy shield or barrier, something close to that. And both of those cost two and three, and those will massively smooth out uh, Panther's curve. And he can pay for those cards really efficiently and get the tackle trigger. And, and then I think he will be an amazing choice for, protection panther and if you've been having fun playing protection panther like not saying you can't it just was a surprisingly unfun experience for myself and i could have just had the most miserable draw i've pretty much had that experience for every character already (laughs) and it's easy with panther he's just got so much resources that sometimes you just draw a whole hand of resources and it feels bad and it's weird because you don't want to spend Vibranium on Wakanda forever. And that's like a weird, like, anti-synergy for him. Mm. I was really negative. You guys spin this a little <laughs> more. <laughs> a little happier here. Well, I'll, I'll throw in a couple thoughts. Uh, so, first off, the wait was so long and the anticipation was so great for me that when it finally was in my possession, I, like... I wanted to just like eat it with the tiniest little teaspoon, like one little taste at a time. Uh, at this point, the, the character I was most hyped to play initially, especially when we started recording cast, was uh, Captain Marvel. I haven't played with Captain Marvel yet. Oh, no. No, and I'm fine with it. I'm like, I'm like saving her. She's <laughs> like, she's like that big present under the Christmas tree that you open last, you know, kind of thing. Uh, That's fair. So I'm and and I, and to be honest, I was even really early uh, in my playthroughs was saving Ultron. I didn't play against him until almost just like the last few days, once with uh, Sean and once with Jay. And uh, so I've been just kind of like just slowly, you know, 
letting myself dig into it. Um, and I uh, played just a bunch of solo games with uh, with She-Hulk, which I, I didn't think I would like She-Hulk as much as I do. I totally do. Um, I Oddly enough, you guys are going to hate me for saying this, but I am not as stoked on Spider-Man as I thought I would be. Um, I think he's really good, but uh, until I get more into playing a some a, a type of deck with him that really utilizes his three defense stat, which I think is kind of like his shining thing other than his abilities. And the, the real great thing about Spidey is he's got insane cards. He's got, you know, swinging web kick. He's got like backflip might be my favorite hero card. It's just unbelievably useful and powerful. Uh, enhanced spider sense like has just saved the day so many times in so many games. So I get that he's good, but I'm just not feeling it as much as I thought I would. Um, flipping back and forth is it's fun and you have to know how to do it with him. And like, and obviously Spider-Man, he's iconic. He's amazing. He's our, all of our favorites, but I don't know. I'm just not until there's like maybe some more uh, protection cards like Jay was just referencing. I'm not sure that I'm really going to um, play a super ton of Spider-Man. Um, oddly enough, I'm playing just a lot of Black Panther and it's funny because online I'm getting a lot of people who are saying that Panther just isn't very good. Um, that he, he takes a long time to build up just like Iron Man, but he's not as powerful once you get him kitted. And I would agree with that, but I love flipping into hero mode on the first turn and just being in hero mode the whole game, mm-hmm. you know, and he does everything he like. I like being able to thwart. I like being able to attack. I like being, you know, it just, he's the Swiss army knife and, I've also discovered that I'm a leadership player. It seems like all the people that we play a lot with have gravitated towards one uh, um, aspect or another. And I'm definitely the leadership guy. Our friend Mike Lynch is definitely the protection guy. Justice. Or justice now. Sorry. Uh, and then, Jay, you are all about uh, what was what was it you were saying you really like feeling the most? Well, with everyone else being leadership and justice, I will gladly play Adro and protection. In, like, equal measures. I find those to be the most fun, and I will gladly pass. Like, I, I almost um, am happy that I'm kind of the fill. I also really like Spider-Man. Spoiler. So, no, I, I'm not, like, by no means am I putting down Spider-Man. I'm just saying that I am not as excited playing him as I thought I would be. Like, he's definitely my favorite Marvel character of all time. I'm the huge, huge Spidey fan. But I just am not, I'm like, oh, and I'm having more fun, like, actually playing some of the other characters, which is surprising. And um, Black Panther, I, I I just, I feel great putting leadership Black Panther on the table. I have lots of expensive cards to use all his resources to play. Um, and, uh, you know, I know, uh, was it Retaliate 1? It's his hero. Like, I know that's not, like, the most sexy hero power but honestly it, in certain situations it's it's really good you know again uh in, in in other situations too like a lot of times we will get the villain down to their last hit point and let him pop himself on his turn on my <laughs> retaliate and it's like it, that feels great uh so those are just some initial thoughts uh, just right off the top of my dome what like sugi like what what are you what are you thinking what are you feeling 
about your initial time with the game. So uh, anyone who knows me, I'm basically a giant child trapped in an adult's body. And the moment we unwrapped the plastic and started playing, like I was just so giddy. And we instantly jumped into our first game with um, Max Difficulty Claw. And that game took like two hours and change. And it was just it was like the perfect mix of difficult and challenging because the heroes do all these like great things. We're like, sweet, we're in a great place. We've done a lot of damage. We've taken off a lot of threat. We're set up. We're super good to go. And then Claw takes his turn and you're like, oh, uh, we're almost dead again. And so we're constantly like ducking and weaving and dodging and setting up and preparing for the next round. And it was just this constant ebb and flow of yes no yes no oh my gosh we have to protect this person they're gonna die how are we gonna not you know how are we gonna stop him from thwarting how are we gonna do this oh my gosh and so it was this this high tension it felt like i was in a movie it was great it was this amazing experience where like you're even when it's not your turn with three people you would think there's a ton of downtime but constantly you're like looking at your hand and watching what people are doing and talking to the person before and after you and you're just constantly in this like kinetic motion where you're you're just preparing and doing and getting ready and and it's so much it was way more fun than i thought it would be like I had played at Nova and they definitely had the uh, training wheels on compared to what we played because taking my experience from Nova and going into, oh, yeah, this should be pretty easy. It's going to be, you know, do this, do that, and then you win. It, that was not the case. Uh, expert level claw is very difficult and you have to make some very interesting decisions along the way. But it was like I, I finally felt the full game experience. And it was it was so magical. It was marvelous. It was wonderful. And that that took me aback. And every other game I played after that was just it was this new experience. Like uh, we played Ultron and Expert and got crushed. We played Ultron on medium and beat that. So that's my highest level of difficulty. But like I was playing different characters, different aspects, different uh, combinations of things. It was it was just so much to chew on. And there's still more like I definitely haven't played every thing in every combination i don't like aggression personally uh, it's to me it's the most boring of the aspects so i have not used it once whatsoever but i'm also very much becoming a leadership guy because uh being able to reanimate hawkeye against ultron is critical being able to use um make the call during someone else's turn to pull maria hill and everybody draws a card is really nice um because we found that with actions you can have someone play an action card out of their hand if it's not your turn oh so that's actually really clever i never thought about that because i always i'm like as a leadership player i'm always trying to time my maria hill for when i'm first player but you can just request the the first player can just request that action on their turn and then everybody yeah. draws a card oh that's yeah. awesome we yeah, i we found never that done that because like maria hill is my secret like favorite card in the game now because i'm a leadership guy and that's amazing yeah we found that out after like game three or four because we were constantly in the same place we're like well we kind of want maria 
to trigger so we all get to draw a card. What does the rule book say about actions? And it specifically says it's request an action as long as it says action. Well, it also specifically states you can have a player play an action card out of their hand. Right. So we were like, what does make the call say? We're like, it says action. Okay, cool. So after that point, it was like, does anyone have Maria Hill? It's like, yeah, I do. Okay. Can you play her? Yes. Okay. I'm going to request you to play her. So like at the start of the game, everyone draws a card. And, you know, then on top of that, you have your Avengers Mansions and Captain Marvel's uh, passive. And it, it was, it's super good. It's really, like, it's really, really good to use that out of turn because everyone gets their cards at the start of the round. And oh man, oh man, Maria Hill is so good. Oh yeah, so that's good. that's really, yeah, she's amazing. Uh, power of leadership, uh, make the call Maria Hill is like, that just feels so delicious uh, yep. every time. And her two thwart is, oh yeah, that's it just, mwah, love it. Like secretly she's like maybe one of the most impactful cards in the game. Oh yeah, Maria, Maria Hill. Now that we all know that you can cast Maria Hill out of sequence, so much better what about but, uh any other any of the heroes specifically like appealing to you or that you're like i uh, with i hate black panther very much <laughs> now now i'm going to quantify that statement by saying i'm a very uh fluid character player like i like to have uh draw control i like to be able to jump through my deck like you know, four times in a game. Um, I don't like Black Panther's play style, so I don't think he's bad at all. Like, I've seen a lot of people get him to, like, insane values. It's just not my personal uh, enjoyment. Uh, but I have fallen absolutely in love with Captain Marvel leadership because she's the only one who has a three resource print on her card with energy absorption. So being able to turn one, drop a helicarrier or turn one, drop a Avengers mansion by using her passive to just draw a plus one. And then you play energy absorption and the extra card for an Avengers mansion. Then you draw another card and you get the um, what's that satellite thing that when you're Carol Danvers, you can just pitch a card, draw two cards. Oh, Alpha Flight, Alpha Station. Flight Station. Yeah, Alpha Flight Station is nuts. And the nice thing is you can like reanimate your leadership cards. So if you don't need to cast a certain character like, oh, I don't really need Nick Fury, you just throw him in the grave and then you can make the call and bring him out later like that deck has so much reanimation potential where you don't feel bad about pitching cards because certain ones you can pull back from the graveyard with make the call or you can just burn through your deck so incredibly fast with marvel it doesn't matter <laughs> like you you just have so much gas because you have uh you know maria hill draws you cards and nick fury draws you cards avengers mansion satellite uh you can get two cards off of captain marvel if you happen to have a card with a printed uh energy symbol so like you you can just draw insane amounts of cards and then you can use your uh you know characters to body block so you can use you know spider woman to confuse the enemy and then body block a big attack you've got fury who's basically gandalf you know maria hill can thwart thwart block mockingbird is great for like double whatever block i mean that deck is so flexible it's it's insane so we've already kind of stated a little bit what some of our choices are but i want to posit to you guys if you are going to a casual meetup um i think if you don't want to lug your entire set around i mean sean and i always will but if you're let's say you were just going to a casual meetup night to play some marvel and you wanted to try to stay as somewhat safe so that you didn't step on anyone else's toes what two characters and two aspects would you bring to sort of be flexible enough to try and fit into any group i would choose 
And I find it funny that both you don't like Panther and you haven't played Aggression. Aggression Panther, I think, is one of the most fun decks uh, that I've played in the game, largely due to the fact that, as I mentioned, it's tricky in some aspects to spend all of his resources, but when your deck's filled with tag teams and uppercuts and Relentless Assaults and Hulk and Tigra and uh, all these cool cards that, like, uh, fuel, you know, um, and, like, are constant big swings, uh, I think Panther has a heck of a lot of impact playing from Aggression. And then, or, you know, if you draw too many of those cards, then that's your fodder for Wakanda Forevering. And I, when I play that deck, I feel like I'm always doing something awesome every turn. So that's one of the two that you would bring? Yeah, I would bring um, Aggression Panther and Protection Spider-Man. I've just had a blast as Protection Spider-Man. Similar to what you said with Panther, my favorite play style, especially with Peter, is if I can flip and ideally never flip back or maybe do it once to use that mental resource, um, but really... If I can stay in hero mode as much as I can, I consider that as good as thwarting because I'm not given the uh, villain an opportunity to scheme. And, you know, scheming is how you lose this game. It's it's demonstrated again and again. Everyone's most hated card is advance. Oh, yeah. You want to know a real gassy combo with uh, Peter Parker and Iron Man is he can use Stark Tower to reanimate your web shooters and your... Um, What's those little spider buglings when you tracers? Yeah, tracers. So like you can just instantly like get so much anti scheme value out of that, or you just like use your trace or you use your uh, web shooters over and over, and then you get more. You get them back. You just have so so many resources all the time with Spider Man. We did that build with Spider Man leadership, and that's actually probably my first answer. Is uh, I would bring Spider Man leadership because oh my goodness, that is such a fun deck. Like it is just straight gas. You have free energy free resources coming off of peter parker his web shooters uh he gets to draw and defend um you can use your allies to do all kinds of things both offensively and defensively like it's not as fast as captain marvel but you have so much oh man you have so many like free ways to just play cards out like the triskelion always hits the table you generally with with spider-man leadership you generally do have four allies on the table at all times and it feels so great because you're like yeah hawkeye does his thing maria does her thing then somebody blocks and dies then you make the call and bring them back like you can use a mockingbird multiple times in that deck because you're like you play her you stun you like thwart you block she dies you make the call and bring her back um it's so much fun it's just it's like i don't know it's fun uh and then i like playing a protection she hulk uh, because she's big and uh it's fine you have no problem jumping in front of giant attacks uh because you can gamma slam you've got split personality so you can flip back into uh walters and draw six cards and then flip back into she hulk and deal damage like she hulk is great because she's constantly doing something on either side so she can like deal damage to she hulk or if you flip her into her alter ego mode she can like block some of the uh, scheming you get to draw a lot of cards she has high recovery um her uh law the thing that i can't remember her support that lets you uh spend a card with the uh, mental resource and then you can remove two threat like 
it's just so flexible and so fun to have that capacity to be like, I'll block for you, I'll block for you, I'll block for you. Gamma slam for like 14, flip over, recover for five. And you're like, that's a lot. That's a lot of things you can do. It's funny. I really thought I would dig She-Hulk a lot, but she is the one that I will pass on the most. I, I, I really hate being in alter ego form and she's required to flip constantly. And I, um, I don't, like the lack of control I feel with her on top of like her forehand size. I know there's cards that boost that up, but like I've said before, I'm not on the uh, Avengers Mason train like everybody else. But um, <laughs> yeah, and I don't think she's bad. And I mean, she makes some of the most explosive plays, but like the first couple times I played her, like Gamma Slams in my opening hand. Oh, great. Ooh, you know, uh, so I'll never, never see this again. And um, I just haven't had, like, the experience that made her shine. And I, I do think she's cool. And had just three attack on its own is disgusting. And getting those turns where you're like, all right, I'll just one, two, one, two, one, two. Oh, did, did I kill the bad guy? Yeah. Did I win? <laughs> the, the thing about her that kills me, I love almost everything. All her cards, her whole kit, her stat line. Uh, but the thing that kills me is the four card hero hand size. Mm-hmm. It just feels so bad. And That's I'm, why know, you run Avengers Mansion. No, I do, I do. And but it's still, it's just, and like you, I feel sometimes like really like depending on the tempo of the game, like I need to, I need to flip over and draw some cards, or like things are gonna get bad. Uh, and that's the one thing that kind of made me go away from her and a little bit more towards Panther. And I know that as soon as Cap drops, I'm going to just play a ton of him because he's got the same stat lines. He's got the five hand size. And I just think that he's made for leadership. And that's going to be my that's going to be my bread and butter, I think. So something I do with um, She-Hulk is you can actually run all three of your Avengers mansions because you can sacrifice Avengers mansion to the uh, superhuman law division. That's the name of that support because it demands you spend a um, mental resource. And once so basically what I do every game is if I do not see an Avengers mansion in my hand, I dump everything to get an Avengers mansion. So that way with her. I'm guaranteed a five card hand, even in hero mode, because it's not nearly as punishing. But then at that point, if I can also get the superhuman law division turn one or turn two, any other time I draw the mansion, it's not a dead draw because I can just spend it into that and take two uh, to thwart off of a whatever I want. So like it turns what people would consider a dead draw into a very flexible asset, I think. Yes. So then what are your two picks, Sean? Um, obviously, uh, Black Panther leadership, because I've been playing that a lot and just having a lot of fun with it. Uh, and I want to play it more now that I know that I can make the call Maria Hill, like on someone else's turn. Thanks. It's for so that. good. Heads up on it. It is so good. It's so uh, good. But I feel like if you're going to go and meet with people, there's probably going to be more than one person who wants to play leadership. And I'm not sure it's necessarily a good idea to double up on that aspect. So I would also bring with me probably, um, maybe not. Uh, the most interesting, but I think Spider-Man Justice, the you know core set uh, recommended combo, is very solid. Like uh, the power of justice into four justice is a very very satisfying play, um, and you know I, I feel like it's only going to get better after you can start cutting cards like surveillance team. Uh, which are kind of like on the bubble, like they're they're okay and you can use them. But I, I honestly would love a, a better option 
for some of those card slots. But I still think that it, it really uh, it really helps um, giving him getting him to that two thwart threshold makes him a lot more fun for my play style. Um, so if I can just guarantee that by just playing justice with him right out of the, the gate, um, it's also really nice to throw the uh, it's a heroic intuition, right? The one that buffs mm-hmm. your thwart. I love throwing that around the table and putting that on Panther, uh, putting that on um, Iron Man. Iron Man, once he has uh, the um, uh, the arc reactor and and uh, heroic intuition, just does work. Uh, so I, I would probably bring those two. I bring uh, leadership Panther, but assuming somebody else really wants to play leadership, um, then I would have. You know, well, I'm going to have to argue with someone over leadership and somebody over Spider-Man because everyone's going to want to play those two things in some fashion. Uh, so that but that's what I'm leaning towards. So the next thing I want to talk about, it's interesting because none of us named the uh, fifth character in the game. And I actually had a interesting match uh, regarding him. Uh, none of us picked Iron Man, which is surprising. Um, Everyone at my shop wanted to play Iron Man. So I, I'm waiting to show up and someone doesn't like literally every time I play. I'm like, all right, who wants one? Someone's like Iron Man. I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's fine. I don't really care. Like, I'm going to play and have fun. But it's a very was- appealing, like, combo, like, ramp deck for, a, and that's really a lot of uh, really strong gamers that appeals to them, I feel like. Yeah, he, he was like, everyone wanted to play Iron Man. I'm like, does anyone want to play Shield? Like, no. Captain Marvel? No. Okay. Well, then I'll, I'll play those. Yeah. And like, aforementioned friend again, Mike Lynch, he, um, that's his, that's really the only character that he wants to play. So I've just been passing them across the table to him. And, you know, that made me pick Spider-Man more. That made me pick Black Panther more. I've had a good time. But he and I had an interesting match that uh, ended up kind of NPE, negative player experience for me. And um, I kind of want to bring this up both to just show, well, partly it's an apologize to Mike because my behavior kind of soured after that game. Um, But also it was just, interesting and like how the game and the rules work but uh i was playing protection spider-man he was playing justice iron man and we were playing against expert claw and it was on round three or four that claw um flipped just a bunch of extra attack cards and even with uh i didn't have my armored vest on i do remember that but even with me like protecting or defending and then indomitabling and then defending again. Uh, I think claw flipped five, five pips and then six pips. So he hit me for like 12 and that was it. We were out of allies to block with. Like, even if we, even if we like tried to, you know, sometimes you're like, well, if I did this, then I would be dead now. No, I was, I was, I was knocked out. I was dead to rights. And it was, um, a partially set up Iron Man and me, you know, twiddling my thumbs. And uh, my joke, like, I got this, don't worry. And in my head, I was like, oh, you know, Claw should rip you to shreds. You know, like, you, you're you only like a half-built Iron Man. But he was built enough that he soloed the entire encounter with almost no difficulty. There was almost no threat on the scheme. Claw was not flipping attack cards for the life of him. And on the few times that he was, uh, he had a, he had a character to block for him. And it was just kind of bizarre to watch Iron Man be so powerful that he soloed a two player game. And, um, 
And granted, and like Mike assured me, had I not defended as much as I did for him, he probably would have died. And so it wasn't like it wasn't like my impact on the game was completely meaningless. He, he was only able to build up his Iron Man so much because I was protecting, and I'm pretty sure I got a enhanced spider sense off on like a pretty good card early, but so on and so forth. But even like his nemesis popped didn't slow him down he just nuked that whole encounter and kind of trivialized it and i want to emphasize i do think iron man's a pretty strong character not to the point where like you're a bad person for picking him or anything i didn't want (laughs) i didn't want to give mike that impression i also a lot of people throw shade at my my red colored aggression personally if i'm being completely honest i think justice is the boring one i think it like drains a lot of the tension out of the game because you just you just embarrass the steam stat to the point where (laughs) it's not even a mechanic anymore and like the value you get from spending resources to damage versus resources to threat is weird because threat goes up at one rate and damage goes up at, at another so the difference between like removing three and four threat is a crap ton as versus you know three and five damage for the same values and again i'm not knocking justice players it's just to me the one yeah yeah thank you sean and (laughs) but you know it just all these things combined unfortunately like made a crummy game for me and i just kind of wanted to talk about it i'm not knocking the game i don't think either of those things are a problem i don't think it's fault of the game it's just i thought i don't know as part of again monitoring myself is always angry jay i got i got angry i got frustrated i got it was just a weird experience that i didn't expect to feel you from got, the you game. got monopolied you got like eliminated early and got to sit and watch other people play the game yeah you know, it's just like the worst game mechanic you know that's why it doesn't happen that much it, it could be a drawback i guess for this is it is if you die you kind of have to just sit there while your friends keep playing uh which is unfortunate but you know like the game has to have some teeth somewhere uh i also just want to give credit i i know mike uh, he's a very very skilled he's actually like a like a a judge for a bunch of uh games keyforge and other things he travels around to conventions and does a lot of uh gaming related uh stuff and he's just a very very skilled player i think that most of the time i don't think or i don't know maybe not most of the time but i, I give him a lot of credit in that situation i think that it, it it's a very difficult situation to be in playing a two player game by yourself and if anybody can pull it off it's him you know uh but i i don't think that makes you feel any better about the experience and i just want to emphasize again not upset at mike sorry dude i'm not upset at the game you know i i was wondering like why it didn't feel harder for him is Iron Man overtuned? I do think he can drop just like a mountain of damage whilst like having the thinnest deck in the game after having all of his stuff out so he can constantly see his good stuff again and again and again. And I sometimes wonder, and even as you were saying earlier, Sugi, how you're just like, yeah, I love going through my deck over and over again. And it's like, I wonder if the game is going to start eventually being more punishing for doing that. Because like drawing an extra encounter card you know, maybe that's what killed me, uh, you know, 
causing an extra card to flip up and then me getting the extra attack. Who knows? I, I don't want to like reverse engineer the game through and through, but like, I wonder if that's a bigger penalty that we're not feeling or if everyone's just like, nah, man, like repulsor blast every turn and get seven extra encounter cards, we'll still win, you know, cause that's kind of <laughs> what I felt like. And it's just like, this is ridiculous. This is supposed to be punishing you. And you're just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't know. No, no, no. It's punishing. There are many, many turns where I would go through four, five, six cards out of that stupid deck because it would be like I draw one encounter because I went through my deck. I get a second encounter because that's what happens, you know, during your your turn. And then one is like uh, surge, new card gain surge. Another card comes out has surge. Another card comes out has surge. You get a minion that has surge. You're just like, oh, like don't get me wrong. Being able to like dig through my deck multiple times is great, but there were many games where I just got punched in the face multiple times where it's like villain schemes, villain attacks, villain does a thing. And then every other card was like gain surge, gain surge. I'm like, stop, stop. How many cards are you guys recommending? I mean, or what do you think is the optimal for Iron Man? Like, cause uh, we thought that 40 was too few when we were chopping it up, a friend and I like going up to 45 seems pretty wise. Uh, Go, I'm glad you brought this up. Digs, he digs so fast. And he can pull out seven cards from his deck. Like just, well, no, nine. No more. Because you can have um, seven upgrades, Avengers Mansion, a Helicarrier, Pepper Potts, and Stark, Stark Tower. Tower. So you can have eight, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You can have 11 cards on your table out of a 40 card deck. I, I think it's interesting that this conversation comes up everywhere. I don't think there's a wrong answer. If, I, if I'm if i honest about like if you talk to the magic version of me, it would 100% say at all times the minimum level of cards is your most efficient deck. But the other side of that coin is when you're playing Magic the Gathering, uh, you know, you lose the game when you mill out. You don't lose the game here when you, you know, run up cards. You're, you're able to cycle through your cards. Uh, 40 cards is less than 60 cards. Uh, card drawn magic's not as high. Like there's a lot of variables that do change based on that conversation. But um, because of the way the game works and because it's more about you having fun and less about you winning because you have a hyper uh super tweaked min maxed efficient deck i don't think there's a wrong answer like you can look at math and make an argument that that's a false statement but i don't think that matters in the, in the long term of things if you, that makes sense i still lean 40 because i think the thing that he abuses the greatest and the part that just makes him sometimes ludicrous tier is uh you're more likely to get those double resources back faster and then you get effectively four resources off of one card with pepper and just just pay for everything like and th it just keeps coming back and then you keep getting them and like pepper does overtime and she's one of the craziest cards in the game and again iron man's cool and you know some character would have to stand out and i think he's the standout as far as just like pretty much does everything and that's fine um you know, even in death, he's the hero. Good old. Oh, spoilers. Wah, wah. <laughs> Someone and, may not know um, this. Spoilers. But um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, again, uh, I do really want to reemphasize again that like our motto is like play who you want, have fun. I'm not I'm going to play Iron Man myself. I'm going to have games. I want to play protection, energy barrier, Iron Man like so freaking much as soon as Miss Marvel drops. Like I'll play that deck all day, every day. Like mm. it's coming. 
That feels so um, good. And yeah, I hope that there are ways that the game evolves that maybe, you know, possibly knock him down a peg or there's encounters where he can't do anything. I don't know. Maybe he'll always stand out as a strong character and that's fine too. Like, you know, there's so much to this game. There's so many ways to play. I will never scoff if I sit at the table. You know, if Mike literally wants to play Iron Man for the next couple of years as we play this game till the end of time, you know, do it, buddy. Like, I mean it. Like, let's just have fun. That's the point of the game. And again, the whole reason why I brought this up was it was a rare moment. Like, the only time, really, where I wasn't having fun with the game and that stood out to me and I wanted to talk and dissect it and, you know, share. And But I do think that the game is incredible amounts of fun it's super cool and i look forward to playing with anyone and everyone as many just desired mans as you can throw at me bring (laughs) it on um so again my message isn't to like decry the game or to say like these mechanics are bad or flawed you know it's also as i brought up earlier like it's just the base set we haven't seen everything that this game has to offer we haven't seen you know maybe iron man isn't that great against goblin you know it could happen maybe i I don't know i that's just the wildest shot in the dark maybe he's fine um but there's definitely going to be different challenges and different things to deal with and honestly uh i do know one encounter that is tricky for iron man and that is how much he stays in alter ego form in the beginning against uh, expert Ultron is really, really, really frustrating because you can't keep Ultron in his first scheme. And that means you have to deal with almost infinitely more drones. So while he can probably still recover and be fine, that was one thing that in our testing of trying to defeat uh, expert Ultron, Iron Man was a little frustrating of just being like, man, he's going to scheme and it's going to suck. It's going to suck. So I don't know. There are there are ways that he can, you know, make things trickier. But uh, I, yeah. I find it interesting just because, like, so most of us, as you probably know, we have Disney Plus, and uh, I have been going through the Marvel series uh, and watching all the movies. And I just watched Age of Ultron last night, two nights ago. No, last night. And um, that tension that you were explaining, because we also played with Iron Man against Expert Ultron, and he. He just got stepped on because, unfortunately, a majority of his armor pieces were turned into drones. And it's just like, uh, that's not good. Yeah, I mean, you, you can reanimate them with Stark Tower, but it's still worse to have a card become a drone. You kill the drone. It goes to your discard pile. Then you reanimate it because you're you're so many steps behind as opposed to it's in your hand. You play it. And um, the tension of that game reminded me of some of the tension that Stark has with Ultron early in the film where he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on. This is just awful. And I was like, that's cool. That is really cool that you have similar experiences with champions that are parallel with some of the characters experiences in the films. I I don't know if it's it doesn't really matter to anything, but I just thought it was really neat because I was like, oh, yeah, we had the exact same problem because the Iron Man player was like, oh, and, you know, Tony has that moment in the film where he's just like, oh, my life is awful. And I'm like, that's cool. That's really cool. I just rewatched Age of Ultron, too. Uh, I think if you're playing this game a lot, you you totally should. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of parallels. Yeah. And then the the claw uh, claw is in there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 
you know, uh, they have dropped the first references to Wakanda in that movie. Yep. It's great. There's so there's so much, uh, and all, all the fights are great. Like the 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 party scene where they're all trying to lift th- uh, Thor's hammer. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and then like he sees uh, it starts to wiggle when Cap grabs it, and like Thor like gets this like really horrified look on his face. It's so <laughs> very very good. It's great. All right, so now I want to focus on a few things of the game that have stood out to us that we really want to celebrate and think are awesome about the game. Uh, The thing that I think is cool from my designer eye is uh, the way that all three uh, boss encounters are really great tutorials, all three of them, for some complexity mechanics um, that I think are going to teach us how to play and understand the game for all future releases. Um, Rhino has an incredibly small steam store where you he can just flip advance and you lose so he teaches new players look man you have to pay attention to steam or you know he's going to do this and the game falls apart um and he hits he hits very hard but it's just like he gets a larger number he gets a larger number boom like and you can just do the quick math all right he has a base attack of four he can threaten for seven. Oh, he has charge. He can threaten for 10. Everything's laid out for you. And I think that's really awesome about like um, honesty to the players is like Rhino's thing. And so he's an awesome tutorial character. Then you fight Claw and Claw's like, oh no, I have a huge steam stat, uh, um, but it goes up to three in expert mode, which is like, please no. And <laughs> you have no idea what I'm hitting for when I attack. In like multiple games now, I've been swatted for seven on the first turn and it's just like yeah i won't defend holy crap (laughs) you don't you don't know like you can guess the range like sure he did it me for seven but like what are the odds but you have to roll those dice and like he can or he can like smash you throw a gun runner and stun you and then suddenly like now you can't defend for your friend that's happened to me and just like all these uh exhaust you and um all these like weird little you just don't know which is cool you know with rhino you don't know with claw exactly what's gonna happen every time he uh swings at you and i think that's really cool and then when you move on to ultron no i'm ultron's just brutal oh sure um and then when you move on to ultron on top of uh him you know being terrifying i think the thing that he actually sneaks into teaching you which i think is cool because he spawns so many drones is you have to pay attention to the idea that um his drones do attack and his drones do uh scheme and it like reminds you of these behaviors of having all these extra minions in play that like there are extra attack phases there are extra scheme phases if these cards are in play that maybe as you fought rhino and as you fought claw like maybe you've just always been able to deal with these threats as they appear immediately and you may have never been attacked too many times by a minion you're going to get attacked by minions on Ultron. And a lot of times they are going to survive and stick around, even if you're in your alter ego form and add to that scheme value, which is terrifying because Ultron's, you know, schemes are scary. So I think it's cool that like, they all emphasize a very specific sort of like unpredictability um, and things that like explore like all the edges of the rules. And I think, not only are Claw and Ultron like very fun fights uh, for very different reasons, 
so they don't feel quite as tutorially as Rhino does. Um, they still teach you a lot about the game in really unique ways. And, you know, it could have just been, I don't know, they could have been more similar because it's like a starter set to get people rolling. But I think, I think both Claw and Ultron have very exciting complexity to them is the point I'm trying to make. And Rhino's fun. Rhino's fun. Even for a basic enemy, there's some silly Rhino games where just suddenly he just like, oh, I flip charge again. You're like, God, and now your allies don't block for you and you you have to deal with that. Like, that's fun to me. Um, I agree. I, uh, I like also something that I hadn't noticed uh, before the game come out is that all the three villains tie together into kind of like a storyline. Uh, the, the first one is Rhino is busting in. Uh, they find out that that first Rhino encounter was tied to this weapons network run by Claw. And Claw's second scheme is the the the, the Crimson Shroud. Uh, if you if you lose that scheme, you lose the game. And then you find out in Ultron's first scheme that he's the Crimson Shroud, and that ultimately he's attacking Norad. And so like the whole thing ties together into like this story arc, and that's something I hadn't noticed before. Uh, and I also really like that. So good, good choice on uh, a, a, a positive thing to focus on. Jay, um, my thing that I want to point out that I think is amazing is the nemesis stuff and the way that it makes replayability like so much better because they like nemesis is either very infrequently or or like all the time come out. Oh. You know, I uh, I have one friend who was like, he's like, I've played 15 games and I haven't like had a nemesis come out. Is this weird? And I was like, I don't know, like it'll, it'll happen, you know. Uh, and then I went to teach my other friend, and um, he had uh, Killmonger come out his first time he played. So <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah. So it, 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 I love that there, like, there are people who have played whatever hero a ton of times and still haven't seen the nemesis come out. Uh, and I think that that's cool. So like all of a sudden they'll be playing their favorite hero for the whatever umpteenth time. And oh my God, it happened, you know, or like, and then I've had a, a couple games with, uh, with She-Hulk where Titania came out and then the villain went through its deck and like, she came out again, you know, and I had to kill her like two times. And I had to kill Madam Hydra a time in that game. And, uh, Madam Hydra is not a not a nemesis. She might as well be, but uh, I just love the nemesis system. I love the flavor. Uh, I've only seen um, uh, Vulture come out one time, but when he did, it like almost lost the game for us. Uh, it was just this immediate horrible impact, uh, and Spidey was like taking damage that he hadn't anticipated on taking, and uh, just that 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 there's a thing that's in the game. There's only one card in the game that'll bring out your nemesis and it might get played as a boost card. It might get discarded uh, or maybe not discarded, but it, 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 the vast majority of the time, it seems like it doesn't hit. And when it does, it just changes everything. It changes the whole flavor of the game. You get out the side scheme, you shuffle the rest into the hero deck. Now the, sorry, the villain deck, the villain deck is now, the encounter deck is now completely different. It has uh, nemesis stuff in it that like, will keep coming back potentially. And um, so it, that encounter, that scenario that you're doing is now unique in a sense. And it, like things have been added that aren't usually in there and things are going to happen that don't usually happen. Uh, and I love that. And it, and it's 
infrequent enough to make it feel pretty special. I do want to bring up real quick also uh, a mechanic that we all kind of talked about before and thought didn't have the greatest impact based on speculation, but I actually think, especially in expert mode, not so much in normal, but uh, obligations are actually pretty frustrating, Um, especially if you're a protection player where you were already exhausted. But uh, aside from that, even funnily enough, I had um, defended one time and then I used Indomitable to ready. And then uh, so I was I was ready. I was like, in case my obligation comes up, I'll be okay. And the villain flipped its auction and then my obligation. I was like, are you kidding me? So uh, (laughs) that happened. But um, yeah, yeah. there are there are times where you're on the bleeding edge of you know the scheme popping off, and you know you're forced to flip to alter ego or in like granted this happens after the villain schemed, but you know sometimes that triggers a different um, encounter card. You know you could flip from obligation and then get hit by rage of Ultron and that forces Ultron to scheme, and that you know could wildly throw everything off the rails um again i don't think it's the most punishing card and a lot of times you can recover but it definitely throws off your rhythm it keeps you from attacking sometimes or thwarting sometimes when you're planning you know on doing such an action and um it has more impact uh than i think a lot of us thought and it's just enough of a wrench to cause you stress without you know like i don't know ruining the game so to speak but uh i think they are more impactful than people gave credit and i don't think they need to be you know like oh you know everything's screwed um i think they have the right amount of impact and sure some characters are hit harder than others but i i actually think that's better for game health and flavor and just you know that's something that you know you can be a character that isn't messed up as badly as opposed to someone who is you know that's interesting to me so uh what's really stood out to you sudi there's there's a lot of things that stood out for the game um it's really hard to pinpoint one particular thing but i think my favorite thing that became very prominent when we were playing that opening weekend was that you have to converse with your teammates to win the game Uh, you have to have discussions you have to do some math on the fly you have to say you know i have this we have that especially after we figured out about the whole uh, make the call thing uh, we also begin to realize like you can have people play any card that has action so now the conversations became much more interesting because it's like hey does anyone have any way to deal with this thing and before we knew about that it was just kind of like this thing that's happening we can't stop because we have to wait for someone to play a card on their turn then it became like this evolution of knowledge and we realized oh wait if someone has an action that can deal with this problem we're having we can you know deal with it now instead of wait for it to resolve so the the thing that impressed me the most was the game is very complicated the game is very uh, intricate but the game is so highly social and i know that's not necessarily a gameplay aspect or a mechanical aspect or design aspect but the games that were the most fun and that were the most tense were also the ones where we weren't 
quiet at all. We were constantly talking amongst ourselves the entire time. And I never looked at my my phone. I don't have a watch, but I would like never look at my phone. And it's like, oh, we're done. Let's play another game. And it's like, well, it's like, you know, two hours later. I'm like, what? Really? Like, yeah, that's it's been like, you know, a long game. I'm just like, oh, OK, I'm ready to go back in. They're like, let's go get some lunch or something. So like the game the, you just get lost in it like you, you you're you just like oh we start at 10 it's one o'clock what really seriously oh my goodness well okay well that's a thing um also inside of that because of the discussions we had we learned a lot of little nuanced things as we played multiple games kind of like when we figured out that uh stark tower can reanimate spider-man's web shooters and the little trait the the spider tracer it was like mind blown when you realize you can just constantly strip three thread off of things if you reanimate that put it on a, a minion and you know blow it up especially against ultron it's really nice because the minions are just one ones so you basically get free you know remove a minion get three thread off of a scheme feels really good um yeah, you caused by being in tony form so much because that's the only way you can use star don't power. worry about it don't worry about it we're not talking about that um but i mean like we came up with like jokes so we we call uh we started calling wakanda forever wakanda forever 21 we're taking them to the shopping mall um just oh, like just waka waka over here waka, yeah but like that's the thing it's like you coming you, you have all these stories and these inside jokes and sure it's not a it's once again it's not a a game aspect that is in the box that they say you're gonna have fun with your friends or you're gonna meet new people but like that is a subset of playing this game and that that blew me away because, you know, sometimes when you play like a new set comes out, the like Keyforge and people come and you play with them, you're not like making necessarily new friends. You're not having conversations. You're playing the game and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you're not like discussing your strategies and things and sitting down with a good talk. But with champions, you are. And that is fantastic. Like, it's so, so cool. And I'm really excited for all of the, the future events where some random person will show up and have no idea what's going on. And you can tell them, hey, you know, buy Captain America, buy Miss Marvel, buy, you know, other champions that come out in the future. And they buy the deck, they sit down, sleeve it up, and you teach them how to play the game. Like the the social implications of what this game could do in the future just astound me. And that caught me off guard because I knew it was a social game, but I didn't realize like I have new friends because I played a game at a shop on a release weekend cool i'm down for that that's super nice i like that all right and to wrap up the show today we wanted to touch on the recently released info we got about the wrecking crew scenario pack and it's a doozy it's got a lot of great and interesting content um i guess real quick we should just break it down that the wrecking crew is a super villain team and you fight all of them uh all four of them at once they have uh, kind of different strengths, uh, different things that they're going to do to mess with you, depending on which one is the active villain. Because the the though you're fighting all of them, only one of them is going to activate each turn, depending on some different factors. But um, guys, initial impressions on the Wrecking Crew and this really interesting new way to play, where you're playing against multiple villains who have multiple villain decks. Um, Okay, so I specific mine's gonna be the easiest. I specifically have not done any research at all. I didn't watch the FFG thing. I don't know anything. I just read the article right before we recorded this, and I am super excited and probably not. This is gonna be something I'm not gonna study because four villains 
with four decks, just the villain's abilities are like, it's so gross. It's just, oh my gosh, this is going to be so much fun. And I just kind of want to crack it open and get my face kicked in and then go, oh, let's do it again. Because <laughs> it looks so much fun. It's also really cool that the, you play against four of them. They each have an A and a B side, which is kind of like the beginner and advanced versions of the, the core villains. So you can play the easiest would be all four of them in a the hardest is all four of them in b but you can kind of like you can flip them around you can subtly kind of influence the difficulty level by deciding which ones are going to be a which ones are going to be b and and just play it like that they don't flip over when you kill them or anything like or, or move into a different state like the villains from the core set um and I really like that in that it seems like a little bit more tunable of a uh, scenario. You can play all four A on basic. You can play uh, all four on B. I guess, do, do you, is, are you going to be able to do expert mode with these guys? Because you only get those three expert mode cards and you wouldn't know which deck to put them in, right? So I guess that's the only way to do expert mode is just to flip them to their more difficult side. Right. The thing that stood out to me that I find fascinating about this set is that it exists outside of a lot of the core mechanics of the game in an interesting way. And I think it's cool that Marvel Champions supports a release like this because you don't use modules, you don't use Nemesis, um, you don't even use obligations as far as I'm concerned. Like none of that stuff uh, integrates into this. They all have their own special specific decks that... Um, they each carry, and it's this like separate, almost like a raid experience in a way. I keep saying experience. Yeah, that's um, a good way to put it. So it's almost like a raid encounter in some ways that has its own unique rules and implications. And it's not as moddable, but at the same time, I don't think a lot of content is going to match it in its uniqueness. And I think that's really cool. Um, from what we know, like... There's a main scheme, which is pretty much the doomsday counter. If that fills up, I believe it's called like breakout. It means they all escape and you failed. And then they all bring their own schemes and you can't remove those schemes until you defeat them. You can knock them to zero, but they all have a rule that if the corresponding character is still in play, uh, that you don't discard it, which is really cool to me. And then the way you decide who activates is based on uh, who has the most threat on them. And the thing that uh, got me absolutely excited is uh, they spoiled a card called Buddy System. Buddy System makes it so instead of the guy with the most threat, it's the guy with the least threat that activates. So if you're just, you know, you're just like, I don't want Wrecker to activate ever. Let's all, you know, for justice him in the face over and over again and never let him play. That strategy won't work. Um, and he will get to activate on some odd turns because of that. And I I think it's neat that um, uh, the game has, like, countermeasures for play styles like that. Like, Buttery System's a neat card. I do wonder if that card... A lot of cards have like playtester names that get changed later. I want to know if Buddy System was originally called Buddy System and they had another name for it. And then they're just like, no, nah, it's called Buddy System. But um, that's a super cool card. I love that there appears to be cards that get stronger the less of them there are. Um, and then the other thing that I think is awesome is uh, it seems like most of their weapons, their 
there are mechanics for, you know, removing equipment that you notice on like Rhino and Claw, spend some resources being hero mode, you knock off their, you know, weapons and parts. But as you fight Ultron, Ultron also forces you to exhaust in order to remove their pieces, which makes it tougher to attack, tougher to thwart. Like it's a cost. Um, You can't recover, you know, things like that. And um, that's an interesting extra layer of punishment. And it seems like for removing the wrecking crew's weapons, you have to both exhaust your hero and lose a random card. So your next turn, you know, might not be as good as you thought it was because you might discard that, armor piece or whatever and you, you definitely want to do it because their upgrades are bonkers uh we're not going to go through card by card um they all have a different flavor i recommend everybody go and check out the the live stream each one has a very unique feel they all mess with you in a different way there's one that kind of like just hits all your allies every turn there's one that just like schemes like a beast um there's another one that uh kind of I, I feel like it was kind of like he has like a rhino charge kind of vibe um yeah he has natural overkill yeah overkill so he's tough to chump block and 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 they just are they all feel different they all represent different challenges and it's going to be it's kind of going to be a damned if you do a damned if you don't kind of situation it doesn't really matter which one's activating it's going to give you fits um and deciding who to go for first or who to shut down is going to be tricky every game, I feel like. And just with the nature of like trying to play whack-a-mole with their uh, schemes, I feel like the games... I, I feel like this set is going to not feel similar even if you even if you say like we're going to employ a strategy where we think this guy's the most threatening and then this guy and then this guy i don't think that strategy will work out i think they will rise up and bubble up um in different matches showing like you know this is why i'm threatening and if you ignored me you know well this is the punishment you get and you're just going to learn something new like every time you tussle with this crew so uh I, I I'm I'm extremely excited for them. I also want to point out it's super cool in their art. You'll notice that a lot of them have like two different costumes, and I think it's cool that uh, they chose to use um, their updated looks and their original looks um, for some of their art and some of their cards, and that's just that's just really cool. Celebrating their history, um, yeah, man, I can't wait. I think I'm even more excited for the Wrecking Crew than for Green Goblin, which is really surprising to me actually um it makes sense though because like green goblin is a villain that is one kind of thing while the wrecking crew is almost eight like you get four villains but they have two different difficulties and then you can have multiple i guess is it permutations where you can have like you know one is a one is b one is a one is b then you flip it where one is b one is a then all are b then all are a then so on and so forth so you, you can have these multiple different potential experiences and it's the first time we're actually going to face four villains simultaneously which like that just seems tough because you have to prioritize like who do we kill who do we not kill which one do we deal with i don't want to deal with this one why well, can't deal with that one like it kind of goes into like ultron is kind of a, a difficult character to deal with for iron man but what if these 
multiple villains or like multiple counters to different heroes. So you're like, you know, I don't care about villain A. I don't care about that one. Well, I care about him because he's, you know, destroying me on my side. You're like, oh, well, I guess I have to deal with it. No, no, we got to start villain B. B is the one. I'm like, oh, wait, what? So now you're facing so many threats on multiple sides. You're like, ah, <laughs> like it's, it's just it's challenging in a completely different way. And that's cool. I think it's really neat. Yeah. Uh, the advantage I think Goblin brings is like he is going to bring more modules that you can add to the base set and his own stuff. And he comes with, he's technically two bosses in one pack because he comes with two different scenarios, which is really awesome, according to the article. Uh, but yeah, both are both are exciting. Can't wait for both. Can't wait for this content to come out. Hopefully we get some more firm release dates and ideas on like when stuff's releasing it's been a weird last quarter for ffg for all their games but um i'm confident you know it'll get sorted out and there's you know still plenty of game to uncover for us but i did want to throw out there one of the more fun scenarios that i've crafted out of the game for trying to do um some different things and like push against the walls of difficulty um I know everyone's like hype on Ultron. I love how cool Ultron is realized in this game, but uh, I think Claw's really fun too. And if you really want a challenging encounter, try Claw with uh, the Hydra module, um, not the Masters of Evil uh, module. Cut that out. Put in Hydra and put in Doomsday Chair with Modok, where he's uh, when he flips through his schemes, he's more likely to hit Hydra soldiers. He's more likely to hit Modok. He's more likely to hit uh, Madam Hydra. And then those upgrades from um, Doomsday Chair that make it so the minions don't fall away immediately. And Biomechanical uh, upgrade. Yeah. Uh, uh, luckily, I haven't had that go on to Modoc yet, but that seems really brutal. It's it's really scary because you have the unpredictable damage being flung by Claw at you and some of the beefier, more difficult to deal with uh, minions all packed into a um set of schemes that auto generates minions i think it makes a uh, pretty bombastic and one of the tougher scenarios if you're looking for a little more to bite on and don't want to keep uh, banging your head against ultron <laughs> and yeah i uh i think that wraps things up uh we want to thank you all for you know being with us and you know our spotty releases and we definitely want to do more viewer questions in the future we had a couple today but we need to uh wrap things up this time but uh definitely keep giving us that you know shout out to all of our fans and everyone that's been with us and you know it's been really fun making the show we're excited to uh dive deep into miss marvel we keep pushing back that episode she herself is gonna probably get an hour and a half out of just me so it's it's going to be fun. It's coming. Um, we're also going to try and get some more guests on the show. I've even been uh, poking Mr. Boggs on joining us again, and he said he's down. So hopefully we can uh, get that to line up again, even not to just grill him with 50 questions, but just, just have a fun, casual chat and tell him specifically how cool the game is and maybe where some of these ideas came from. So a lot of fun stuff in store um and yeah just you know thank you all from the bottom of our hearts uh it's been a blast making the show and now we're finally at release and 
we're still going to be going strong even through these holidays. So look forward to more from us. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. We're very thankful to everyone who not only listens, but, you know, chimes in, you know, keeping us honest. That's really good. It's it's good to make sure that the things we say are right. Um, It's also been a lot of fun to just talk to people on the Discord channel, online, in my local shop, especially like that's kind of the cool thing is, you know, I, I talk a lot about the social aspects, but it's just fun to walk into the shop and see all these new people. And it's like, I know you from playing champions. You want to play champions next weekend? Yeah, sure. So you know, with holidays coming up, it's a great time to show off to, you know, friends and family. Um, you know, if you've got some downtime at your local shop, especially with Green Goblin on the horizon, you know, you can grind out some practice games, try different aspects. Like I'm going to try Black Panther with aggression. I'm going to try everything with everything. So it's just, you know, it's on the docket, but I'm really excited for what's coming up. Um, I will say that um, if you're going to be in the uh, Dallas Fort Worth area, I will be at BGGCon, that's a board game geek convention, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, um, you know, if you want, if you see me and you want to say hi or let me know that you're going to be there, we can like meet up and, you know, I don't know if we can play a game, but I can definitely say hi and we can hang out for a little bit. Uh, So thank you all. And always remember, we have no power, no ego, and most of all, no responsibility. Thanks again.